Small businesses are the backbone of America, and they help keep the Texas spirit alive. But did you know as many as 50% will close their doors forever after just five years? Well, we're here to change that. This is the beef. This is the beef. We know how tough it is to be an entrepreneur today. That's why we're giving small business owners a platform to share their stories. You'll hear it all. The highs and the lows, the good and the bad, and everything in between. This is the Beef Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing in partnership with Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Oh yeah, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Beef Podcast. My name, as always, is John Kelly, a.k.a. John the Marketer on Instagram. And today in the studio, we've got the wonderful Hannah Maria with art by Hannah Maria. Hannah, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. This is going to be a fun one because this isn't just your typical everyday Monday through Friday business. <laughs> no, it isn't. You get to do artwork mm-hmm. and you get to do some pretty cool stuff. So we're excited to talk to you about it. But of course, we have to start off with our icebreaker. So... I want you to pretend that we live in a world where on your cell phone, you can only have three apps. Which (laughs) apps are you going to keep? Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's so hard. It is. So I I don't know why I immediately thought of this one. Um, I have this one called All Stays. And since I was on the road for about five years, it was the best app I ever spent money on. It would tell me where gas stations were, where I could stop and be safe, all that stuff. So I always still keep it on there, even when I'm just doing regular drives around here. Okay. Instagram. I still love Instagram. I love seeing pretty pictures. (laughs) (laughs) I would hope so. And the weather. I love weather apps. I love seeing like the temperatures changing. And if there's the satellite, if I get to see a storm coming in, like I love it. So I like knowing the weather around me and I like knowing where I can stop for gas. And apparently I I still like knowing what's happening in the world with Instagram. Yeah. (laughs) I guess like messaging and all that other stuff counts, but you know, I'm going to I'm going to say as the one who asked the question, we're going to assume calling, texting, all that stuff mm-hmm. remains. Yeah. We're just talking I feel about like, like it the should apps. because when it yeah. was just a phone without the apps, it was just those two what things. What simpler we were days doing. those yeah. were. Golly. You know, it's an unfair question. It totally is. And it's one that I'm not prepared to answer either. But You're not? I think that I don't know. Maybe I'm old, but I'm I'm still into Facebook. Mhm. Now, I will say I do not like Facebook as much as I liked MySpace. Mm-hmm. I miss MySpace. But right now, it's probably the one I connect most with, with my family, friends, stuff like that. Instagram, I haven't grown to love it. I'm using it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, John the Marketer on Instagram, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. Mm-hmm. But I think I'd probably keep Facebook first and foremost. I'm addicted. <laughs> A hundred percent. I don't even want to see how much time I spend on it every day more than I should. I don't know. Maybe that one. And then I'd have to pick between Netflix, Hulu, mm-hmm. those kind. Probably I didn't have even Netflix. Think of any of that. See, <laughs> that's why I said we're not prepared to answer this question. It was unfair. It was kind of a good question though, because I still, even thinking that, I still would go with the ones I chose. Yeah. So maybe Instagram would like it would be one of those that it was like a revolving one that kept me connected to other people with have, without having to do like the full phone calls. Well, and you know, with <laughs> with reels and stuff like that mm-hmm. these days, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a movie. Yeah. You, know, you get to and see. And TikTok, like I think I know everything that happens in Ted Lasso or Lasso without ever watching it. Because right. Because TikTok comes like, okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're just filled with the current events mm-hmm. or popular movies. 
I think I'd probably still go with Netflix. Have you tried looking up your old MySpace? I have. Yeah. And there's still because it's still out there. there. Yeah. yeah, I had someone. They were like, "Oh, if only I could find it." I was like, "You can still find it. Yes. It's still, it still exists." It is so weird. Yeah, I was such a different person. Uh huh. I mean, I already, you know, ten years ago when I had Facebook and memories pop up, and then you just see that random update, and you're like, "I don't know who I was mad at, mm-hmm. but I was pissed." Mm-hmm. This you is got weird. to like pull on pick like who your favorite yeah. people were and your friends. Oh, MySpace, <laughs> yes, top eight. Mm-hmm. That was serious business. Uh huh. And then picking your song so people could really understand your soul. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh. because everyone understood you totally. based off your MySpace yeah. profile. Yeah, especially when you're like picking Amy Winehouse rehab when you're like 18. <laughs> That's like totally makes sense. I remember phone calls from friends like, bro. Why am I not in your top four anymore? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm way down at number seven now. What did you do? What did I do? What mm-hmm. happened? Yeah, it was it was serious business. It was. So I think Facebook, Netflix, man, that, that third spot is, this it's is a, a hard tough one. question. Yeah. I don't know who picked this. Definitely was me. <laughs> but, uh, man, that third app, you know, probably Maps. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of driving. I don't like to be lost. I'm pretty good in the Houston area. But anything outside of that. Yeah, that's kind of like what I did. Yeah. yeah. And you can you can still get, you know, those updates on places to go, things to see, things to do, all that information. Yeah, so that's a good one, too. Yeah. Dang it. So now <laughs> what we have to do is just, you know, in case this ever happens, we got to buddy up, find people that are similar minded, mm-hmm. and then they have their three apps, we have ours. Mm-hmm. Or just, thank goodness... We can have whatever apps we want on our phone. But that was an awesome little, <laughs> nice little icebreaker. We like to start those off on the show because we like to get everybody kind of relaxed, you know. Yeah. People get a little um, a little tense when they come in and they're kind of nervous sometimes. And they're like, oh my gosh, we're recording this. Yeah, and you have to talk about yourself. Yeah, so we just, <laughs> we get out of that mindset and then just pop into, no, this is just a cool conversation. Mm-hmm. So thanks for that. I think excellent answers. There's no wrong <laughs> answer, of course. But as always, before we hop into the meat and potatoes of the beef podcast here, I've got to take a second and talk about our partner in this podcast. So they're an awesome sponsor. We love them to death. Community Bank of Texas. They know, especially now, that the experience and availability of your banking partner is crucial and they're here to help your business. Their bankers have been working diligently to give clients the support that they need during these challenging economic times. And as business owners, we know a lot of things keep us up at night, and our bank shouldn't be one of them. When you bank with Community Bank of Texas, though, you have the freedom to focus on your business commitments instead of worrying about the commitment of your banker. Community Bank of Texas is proudly committed to partnering with you and your business through it all. The short-term hurdles, long-term growth, countless new directions. Because when it comes to doing business, Community Bank of Texas simply delivers a better banking experience. Community Bank of Texas is a foundation you can build your business on for decades to come. Community Bank of Texas is business banking, better banking, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. And now that we got that icebreaker and that uh, awesome little conversation about our sponsor out of the way, we want to know all about Hannah Maria. Who are you? Where'd you come from? And how'd you get into doing what you do? Well, I'm from St. Louis originally, and... I found Tom Ball through family and I just keep coming back and I'm here, <laughs> but I'm an artist and I do paintings, illustrations and graphic design, lots of branding. I'm kind of, if it's pretty, I will figure out how to make it for you. And it, I've been really lucky in being able to kind of turn it into a business, which is really hard to do as an artist. A lot of times there's that kind of you know, either you're a starving artist or you're finding a different way of making money and then doing artwork on the side. And I've been able to do that 
pretty well so far. So it is interesting. I grew up in a small town outside of St. Louis and I have always been doing artwork. I kind of was that kid who would find anything that could leave a trace and I was making swirls on the wall mm -hmm. and, and, and the wall was painted over a lot and I was just like, oh, cool, new canvas. And <laughs> eventually they finally started getting me art supplies. <laughs> and, and it was interesting. I didn't have, I wasn't around a lot of people who were really into thinking of the future as in like school and business. And it was just kind of like, Hannah's going to figure it out. And by the time I graduated high school, I really didn't really know what I was doing. I ended up going to a local university for like maybe two weeks. And it just was not, it wasn't a good fit. I needed to be working while I was learning. And I ended up finding a graphic design studio that I kind of just walked in with drawings. And I was like, teach me how to use a computer. Yeah. <laughs> and it was put on a two-week trial by, you know, fire essentially. And like the, within the first week I had picked it up super fast and I went from knowing nothing to by the end of the time I was there for a good five, six years, I was the manager and kind of learned a lot of what to do for your clients and how to not treat them. Right. Because I, I, it was one of those things where it was a studio where I think there is what is it when people are like in a really traumatic situation and it's a group of people and then after they all have to have a group discussion about it, like there's like a yeah, group like, chat or be like, do you remember when we all worked for this person and it was awful? Yeah, and it's like PTSD almost. Yes. And not that, literally, but yeah. <laughs> but it a little like, bit it is. You got some trauma left over from oh, it. Oh, right? yeah. So I had like, so, and I still talk to all these people that we all worked at the studio together, but it was a wonderful learning experience. I definitely just... It was one of those things where it's like, okay, I can somehow implement everything from this and then artwork and make those both better and then find the right client for it. So it it definitely was a lot, though. <laughs> gotcha. So what did you do um, before all that for a living? Did you have something that you were into and then figured out, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to draw or do graphic design. Or I was always one of those people. Like the moment I turned like 14, 15, I had found like a little job. So I was always working throughout high school. And mm -hmm. then the studio, I just... I worked like from I was 18 and by the time I was done, whatever math is, I guess it was like 22 or 23. And I was like, okay, I'm done doing this. I can figure out what to do next. Mm -hmm. And I had always worked odd jobs, but I had always been selling art. I've been selling artwork, big paintings from probably the age of 16 and just kind of that, that has always been a learning experience. That's awesome. So I, and I was burned really early on with it. So I really just learned how, well, one, what your artwork and talent is worth. And then also figuring out instinctively, like the type of people who are going to pay for artwork and who aren't. And art is such a, um, it's one of those things too, that I think that if you're not artistic and you're not in that, in that environment, it kind of like, it can block people out of feeling like they can really take an interest in it. And I really like having it something where it's approachable. I want it to be something that people don't automatically think they can't afford it. Like right. no matter what, there's going to be something you can get that's pretty and yours and something you feel connected to. And if that's a drawing or an illustration or a painting or a logo that, you know, I illustrated for you specifically, I want it to be something that they can actually 
get instead of feeling like, no, we can't have that because it's going to be way too expensive and I don't know how to go about it. And it's just like, no, you can talk to me. <laughs> I'm yeah. fairly nice. So <laughs> I mean, that, that is one thing that uh, I don't have a whole lot of custom art pieces mm-hmm. around the house. And it's not that I don't appreciate it. It's probably honestly more the opposite of that. I do appreciate it enough that I know that it's like when you walk into the, you know, that room and they have those art shows or any type of art sales or mm-hmm. auctions. And it's like, all this stuff is way out of my price. It's range. intimidating too. Right. And it's, but I know it's worth it. Yeah. Because I know that obviously like any other creative venture, you've got a lot more than just how long it took you to paint or mm-hmm. to draw or to design on that computer, that graphic. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, it's just like, wow, there is so much that goes into it that I know it's worth it, but I just, I feel like I don't ever have the budget for it. You and know? that's the amazing thing now is because there's so many different avenues of being able to like, yes, maybe that super like huge piece, the original that it is worth every bit, every dollar that it is marked, but there's so many ways of one, the artist still making a living with, but also you getting something that you really appreciated, be it right. like, you know, high quality reprints or having artwork made on like, like I sell pillows with my artwork on them and people go crazy for them. Cause it's That's just cool. like, we get to have this, my brother, I think he, I got him a pillow made with some artwork like 10 years ago and he's a musician. And I think he took it to every single gig Every time he was driving, it was with him. Like, he destroyed this pillow. And by the time... It, like, died, like, last year. And he was like, Aww. please, can I have another pillow? And I'm like, yeah. And you could have like, had one a long time ago. It, yeah. And, he's still, <laughs> and I was like, what Like what piece? And he's like, I want I want the gypsy and I want this. And it's like, okay. And so it's... you know, I definitely... I hate the idea of people just not getting artwork at all because they just don't know. Because of the money part of it. Right. And there's still... I think there's just so many ways that you can support an artist but also it be affordable to you in the end also it is and also i'm a big believer if you come to me and it's just like i have this much and i will figure out a way of making you something that you can afford and i enjoy making so right <laughs> so what does your business look like you know how how do we buy artwork from you and just kind of walk us through that process a lot of it is contacting me i'm on instagram i'm on facebook i'm on I have a website. It's called hannahgobeep.com, and I have a print shop. So there's there's a ton of different little shops that you can order from. And if you can't find them, I always will respond. It's even if you see something that I'm working on like midway through, and it's half the time I most of the things I sell I'm not even finished with. It's someone saw it while I was posted an Instagram story, and they're just like, "I want this," and it's like, "Okay, well." I will, I'll put it aside for you and we'll go from there. So a lot of it is just contacting me and it's like, I like this. How do I get this? How do I get this other thing? Or, and, and we go from there. And if you want commissions, I also do those. So it's, it's all about just contacting me and it's email, websites, Instagram, (laughs) Facebook, all of the ways to talk to someone I'm there. So, right. So how long have you been kind of off on your own? Like, is this the only thing you do? Um, yeah, for a while I've been freelance designing for over 10 years and, and the same with painting. I bought an RV in 2015 and after I had worked at the studio and worked on my own for about two years, I was just like, I'm going to go wander. (laughs) And it was like, I was a little, I was kind of just bored and stagnant with the artwork I was making and 
I kind of had like hit a wall with the type of clients I was getting. It was just very, very one off. And I really wanted to meet people who were really passionate about what they were doing and like the type of small businesses. And because a lot of my clients, it is it's a mix of, you know, some of the graphic design and print marketing and then also artwork. So it's kind of been like with the traveling, I ended up finding more people like that. And so I have clients across the country and and the RVing was inspirational for me because I got to just go out and be inspired by new landscapes and new people and stories. And so much artwork has been inspired just by podcasts and Mm -hmm. audiobooks and music and like the most crazy people I've met on the road. So it's been, it's been interesting. And but COVID, hey, it just was a matter of, I was really lucky because Tomball totally sucked me in before 2019. And then I had just kept coming back. And by the time early 2020, I was here and I just ended up becoming a Texan. So (laughs) I just... Texas is a great place. (laughs) It is. So it's been fairly interesting, but really good. So are you you permanent residents now or did you kind of keep the RV life going? I still, my RV is in storage, which I feel like is probably something I did on purpose so I wouldn't run away. Mm. <laughs> so I wouldn't be like, I'm restless. I'm going to go drive somewhere. And right. So I'm, I'm semi-permanent. I'm mostly, I guess I am permanent. I just have a fear of the word permanent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like that is the scariest word to me ever. I just have commitment issues. Oh, that's totally. All. Just yeah. the places I live. That's all. So I have. It is permanent here. It's hard to say it out loud, but right. <laughs> but it is, and I really do love it. So it's been. It's just really now trying to just not leave, <laughs> and also really enjoy the fact that I have so many opportunities here. And people and people are just so welcoming and want to help and want to have art. And I've it's just it's an it's a really nice feeling. So, yeah, I mean, you got to love that old downtown Main Street feel, Mm -hmm. you know, that old town feel of any any city that Mm -hmm. you visit where they appreciate that artwork a little bit more. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess the, the hard part for probably most listeners is how do you really take art and make it a full-time job. So mm-hmm. if you can just kind of walk us through whatever you want to share on that. But, yeah. you know, um, I know you said already it's a part of graphic design, part of, you know, all these different types of sales and mm-hmm. stuff. But just kind of walk us through how you came to really turn it into a full. I mean, were you just so busy selling drawings after 16 years old, which is a cool story, but was that it? Like, how'd no, you get there? I mean, no, it was super, it definitely a lot. Graphic design was a huge saving grace just because it was something I could lean on on those times of the year where it was slow. I got really good at understanding like a calendar year and what time of the year I was going to be busy with artwork, busy with commissions and for big paintings. When I first started artwork or painting and selling it was really big pieces like a like six feet by five feet portraits of people's families it was like wow and it was like it was very much I was just doing like little dudes little simple paintings and someone's like I want this big huge thing and I was like okay I bet I can do that and then I did it and then it just was I would slowly just get more and more of those I was really lucky in St. Louis with that type of I mean, I really sometimes it's kind of it's hard to explain because it's kind of like, oh, it's kind of magic. I just got it. And then and I worked. I worked a lot. So 
I think every bit that I learned in the studio for graphic design, I would implement it with artwork. It was I would make my own little flyers. I would put them out everywhere. I lived in downtown St. Louis for a while, so it is an artist town. So there were you know a lot of different exhibitions I could be part of, and I would hop on to farmers markets and I would just mm. set up and talk to kids. Kids really like a lot of my artwork just because it's animals and really bright and colorful. And a lot of times like adults would walk by and be like, oh, that's pretty cool. And the kid would come back like, what is this? Yeah. And I'd be like, I will tell you. And it will be so a lot of times it was just I would have random kids talking to me at farmer's markets. I'm like, mom, get this. And then so that was a huge thing. And I have a huge family. So it was always there was always someone sharing and trying to Mm -hmm. be like, Hannah can do this. We can do this. And Sometimes they were telling people I could do things like I had no interest in doing, but, you know, it is one of those things where it's word of mouth. And also, I, I think with art, it is one of those things that even if I wasn't making money, I would still be doing it. Right. So it is hard to quantify it and put it into words because it's like, oh, I just really lucked out. I think that, you know, it's an emotional thing, too, that there is so many art out there. And unless you're really connecting with other people with it, it's hard to sell. And I've always lucked out that it's such a, you know, it's art therapy for me. Like, you know, if no one liked it, it'd be one thing, but people do like it because they feel, I guess, the love. So it's just like, so I just kind of, I have that connection and I've been really proud and happy of that. And I've just been able to kind of build on it every year and every year. Hopefully by this, this time in the, in the podcast, most people have come to realize that, you know, nonprofits, um, creatives, it's so weird for our listeners to understand them as true businesses yeah. because we just think like a nonprofit, they're not there for money and they're, you know, they're just doing good and, and that's it. And it's like, well, no, they have to have a business structure mm-hmm. because nonprofit just means that they're spending the money that they make on the cause, but that may be paying salaries for people to be there or paying for horses. If it's inspiration ranch and their medical care and like it is still a business and creatives I think are probably overlooked even more than that because we kind of talked about it before the show, you know, they kind of have this idea of like, Oh, well you're an artist. Well, that means you just get to sleep in until noon every day. Yeah. And then you wake up and you just put a paintbrush on there and have so much fun for like an hour. And then voila, you have a million dollar painting and mm-hmm. you're rich now and you've got the best life ever. But it's like, no, as creatives, you know, no matter what space you're in, you've got to have that business structure. Yeah. You still have bills to pay and you still have supplies to purchase and you still have a built in cost to, that product that you're selling, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, and all that stuff. So uh, that's pretty cool to hear that story of how you kind of got a little bit of luck and a little bit of talent and a little bit of, I mean, a lot of talent, I'm sure, but yeah, (laughs) you know, you got a little bit of, a little bit of a push where 16, that's amazing to have a business already pretty much, you know, even if you're just selling it for cash to your friends, I Mm -hmm. mean, that's pretty cool. And just to, you know, I had so many learning experiences early off the bat. Like it was, I, you know, I had to deal with learning how to price things and then understanding that just because this is that much doesn't mean I made that much. Oh then, yeah. You know, cost of goods sold. Yeah, it's just like, exactly. And, yeah, then all, and then by the end Ugh. of the year, when you're figuring out, it's like, okay, you know, a good 50% of that, like you're never going to see that's going to taxes, that's Mm -hmm. going to expenses. And then you have to, and then also like learning how to keep track of all that, because I wasn't, I was never in an environment 
of people teaching me how to do any of those things. I grew up around people who probably should have been artists and they just didn't get the opportunity. So they just looked at the world in a whole different, I mean, they were my first, you know, they were my first inspirations for artwork, but they were not helpful with like how to be an adult and, right. <laughs> and like learn, be an adult and make a living off of art because there's, you know, I wasn't around any other artists. It was just a matter of like, okay, you need to research. And luckily, like I was super into research for my own self. I did not have any care in school, but when it came down to it, if it meant that I was going to have to figure out how to do it, I would. And I still, every day it's like that. Cause I, a lot of times new jobs, it's a lot of research. Right. So it is, it's, it's a lot and it's inspiring and I'm super proud of it. And I think that it's a disservice to a lot of artists to act like it isn't a business because there's so much work that goes into. No, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, sometimes, I mean, I think it's easy for everybody to say, oh, you know, what I do takes so much more. You just don't understand. But there's probably more of a process to it, even than just your normal walk in, clock in Monday through Friday, eight to five, because mm-hmm. You know, myself, like just preparing mentally to come in and record a podcast, for instance, if you're not in the mood for it, then that podcast is going to turn out totally different because you're not in the mood. You're going to sound different. You know, everything is going to flow differently. Your questions are going to be different. It's all going to be so different. It's such a mental head game. And I can't imagine if I was involved in creatively making something, if that head game is already enough of a problem just walking into filming or recording a podcast or a video or, you know, performing for um, a party or something like that as a DJ versus what I put on this canvas has to be interesting. Yeah. I would kind of look at it as writer's block, I guess. It's it's very similar. Where it's like, if I'm not in a good mood today, I'm not going to get any artwork done Mm -hmm. today. And if I don't, I'm not going to make money tomorrow. Yeah. And that is like, you have to remember that I've, I am, I think that it is one of those things that it's like in my head, it's like, okay, just like go through it. Like it's a wall and just barrel right through, Yeah, (laughs) you know, because I don't have another option. Like I do have, I was talking about it the other day. I have, I have some people who will call and they'll just like, it will be empty noise on the other line. And I'm like, look, you have a boss who's paying you to sit there and talk. And I, I'm my own boss. I fire myself every other day because I find myself annoying. So it's just like, <laughs> you're a horrible employee, Hannah. You got a bad attitude. And then it's right. like, no, you're great. But, <laughs> but you know, you're, you, you don't really have that option of being like, you don't have any ideas. You have to put right. something down. And a lot of it too is like, you know, no matter what, you have to make something. And if, if there's a big canvas in front of me and I don't know what to put on it, I will get a little tiny piece of paper and I will make doodles. And it's like, I did that. And I'm just getting a bigger piece of paper. And I am lucky that if I am having issues with the really creative side of painting and illustrating, I can switch over to that, you know, analytical brain with the computer work. And like, it's like, okay, I can design something for a little bit. I'll make a logo because I can do that. Yeah fairly fast and you feel like you got something done. So it's just like, and then go back to that big empty canvas and be like, I'm going to put something down. Now. Yeah. I have to tackle small projects sometimes mm-hmm. just to feel that victory because you're right. I mean, there's just times today, you know, we talked about it before the show because unfortunately <laughs> for some reason I have some great conversations off the air, but <laughs> you know, today it was just like, we have a lot of things going on. We have a lot of stress and everything's worked out perfectly. There's no reason, but it's just, you know, I don't feel like it. Yeah. 
just not in a good mood. And yeah. so I was like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna drink a margarita <laughs> and I'm gonna have a really cool lunch at four or three eats in Tomball. And, uh, we're going to loosen up and we're going to get in the mood, you yeah. know, because we just, we owe it to you as our guest. We owe it to our listeners. So like you said, there's that accountability of, I don't really have a choice to be in a bad mood. Yeah. So I've got to get in a good mood now. And it's totally understandable. I think, you know, it is a little hard on my end sometimes because it's like, okay, how do you explain being an artist? Because <laughs> some right. days it's easy and other days it's like, I make things. Yeah. <laughs> like I make pretty things. Like I, you can hire me and I will prove it. <laughs> like, or you can look at this and I'll prove it a different way. And it's like, oh. Dang. But you know, I think if, if that client is coming to you and saying, well, my seven-year-old draws stuff, mm-hmm. what do I need to pay you for? Mm-hmm. That's not your client anyway. No. And I do, you know, you're always going to run into that. I think mm-hmm. whatever business you do, no matter what, you're always going to run into that person who thinks that they know better than you. And it's, sure. and it's, you know, it is interesting to me how many times it will be a person will talk to me like that and it will be in the same sentence as telling me, oh, I only draw stick figures. And it's like, okay, but stick figures can be really cool. Like, yeah. I'm not going to demean that. And I was like, but you're going to turn it around on me who doesn't do stick figures. <laughs> and it's right. Like, all righty. And then, of course, like, they will end up coming back at some point being like, okay, I looked around and maybe, you, maybe <laughs> I should use you or maybe you could help me and... So it's, it is interesting. People are interesting. And I've really noticed that a lot of my clients are the type of people where I think that they've run into situations where people have been kind of intimidating and kind of gloss over what they really need, or, and they don't really know how to voice what their ideas are. They just know they have ideas. And I'm totally willing to sit on the phone or have a meeting or figure it out, like what they're really looking for, be it their branding or illustrating or, you know, having a piece of artwork on their wall. Like they, some it's in them. Everyone has it in them. It's just a matter of some people can help you bring it out and some people aren't going to have the patience. And a lot of times I have the patience for it. So, so do you have like a showroom or anything? So I have quite a bit of artwork right now on display at Hampton Inn and Suites. They were super wonderful. And I had an art show there for Tumble Together back in May and now they they have all these high quality prints that are all in display. They have pillows. They have the whole thing. And then downtown Miss Carousel, I have some artwork that's revolving. There's always different pieces that's hanging there. And I have quite a bit. I have to take a breath for a second. I know, right? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I actually have a lot of things. That's cool, though, because these are really cool locations that people can go visit and yeah, see. And, yeah. and kind of see your artwork and what they have to offer there. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you know, the the great thing about Hampton is that it's there's a lot of people that come in through there. And a lot of people know Raymond and Diane. Yeah, so. if you're around the Tomball area <laughs> and you don't know Raymond, right? then you haven't looked very hard. No, and he he's there and he's he'll, he'll be a showman for a lot of the artwork. And then... For December 4th, I'll be doing live painting for the Inspiration Ranch, the Christmas in the Woods, and they'll be auctioning off the piece at the end of the night. And I'll also have a table set up for selling some prints and finding ways for people to get in contact with me for different artwork pieces. And next year in March, I believe, I'll have some pieces hanging in Lone Star Community College. Now, next year will be 2022. 2022. (laughs) I'm not 100% sure exactly when each episode airs. We kind of look at it on a calendar and and see what works best. So, you know, our listener right now could be listening in 2021, could be 2022 2022. currently. So (laughs) I just wanted to throw that out there. It's been pretty popular with having people on. So we've got a bunch of episodes and, you know, but definitely still. Absolutely. So March 2022. Mm -hmm. 
And then I have a few other, uh, some of the shop fronts in Main Street, they're kind of getting ideas down for some possible murals. So we're kind of ironing out details for that. So hopefully that will be either by the end of 2021 or sometime in 2022. So, and there, it's, it's a lot of different things. Also, if you're driving past um, Southern Nights community, um, the senior living community, mm-hmm. they have a old school truck that I painted a sign on and we'll be doing some more stuff for them soon. Oh, yeah. I'm really glad that the city of Tomball is kind of moving toward more of that like historic downtown artwork style. Yeah. Um, like one thing I want to do, you know, with my Jeep having the top off and the doors off because this weather is amazing right now at the end of the, you know, 2021 is go take a picture with our mural there off of Cherry and, and Maine. Yeah. You know, so I know obviously you didn't do that one, no. but like you said, you do have some that may be popping up and that's pretty cool. Because and that's the great thing about Tomball. There's so many artists here. Yes. And it's like, it's cool seeing how much it is supported. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be me to support art. It's, For sure. you know, as long as we're lifting each other up when it comes to art, because that's a big thing through COVID is people, you know, you needed people needed creatives. Yes. And I was like, you would not, it's like the apps, you know, oh. at the beginning, like we wouldn't have any of these things to really like occupy our time when we were all stuck in our rooms and, you know, artists really, <sighs> artists, musicians, you guys, I know. like we really, it's, it, it helped. <laughs> so. and it makes me want to change my answer. <laughs> I don't know how I could sit here this whole time and talk. Like I want Google maps on my phone. <laughs> I bet you're allowed to change When it. the Lord knows you want TikTok. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Did that? I was not trying to avoid COVID. it. <laughs> oh like, God, yeah. I was that guy who just, I was never going to be on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I don't care about it. You know, this is, it's dumb. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, you know what? That video was funny. <laughs> it was funny. So I'll just download the app just to, to see the videos. That's it. Not gonna, I'm not going to have an account mm-hmm. ever. And then it was like, well, man, I want to favorite this video. <laughs> and I want to favorite, like I want to follow this guy or this gal. I want to see more videos from them. I'm going to create an account, but just, I'm not going to upload videos. I'm just going to create the account. That's it. Just have the account. And then it turned into, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to be full blown TikTok now. <laughs> right. So I've got videos it, it up. And, <laughs> yeah. But you're right. Those creatives, everybody was, we were stuck in rooms. We were stuck in houses for several months and it was like, we got to do something. Yeah. And some of my favorite videos are those just different random pieces of artwork that are created. Like the things people can do with spray paint. Yes. It's so crazy. <laughs> and you can do a lot of things with spray paint. I mean, it is amazing. Yeah. And then just, you know, a bucket swinging on a string mm-hmm. and slinging paint onto a canvas in a certain design. Then you're like, oh, wow, that's that actually looks pretty cool. You yeah. know, like yeah, there's just I, yeah. so many things you it's, can do. So many. I mean, I was especially because of design work, like I had no design work whatsoever right at the beginning of COVID starting. And it was and it. I knew there was a, there were a few warnings. I work with a lot of sporting companies in California and the moment things were slowing and they were like, oh, manufacturer is closed. And because they're getting everything manufactured in China, I'm like, all right, like I got to figure something out. It was a lot of just like, well, you know what? I will just make art. And I made a lot of things. There was a lot. It it finally made me one. I wasn't allowed to drive away, (laughs) which. I could have easily done a lot because I would just wander more than anything. I was like, I'll just go to a new place and see what happens. And it made me sit down and be like, okay, just instead of wandering those places, how about we like focus on all of the things that you can make art based on that. And 
one day I did wake up and I was like, I am losing it. And I painted like a whole wall in my aunt's house. <laughs> she oh, was that's just awesome. Like, so now she just has like this giant mural in her room. And she's like, oh, I'm, I love it. And I'm like, no, oh. I, I want to do that. Yeah. That is something I wanted to do um, forever, especially with my daughter. I've got one daughter, two boys, one girl. And as she grew up, I was like, you know what would be so cool is painting the entire room as if it was the inside of a castle. Yeah. You know, and then her windows, <laughs> she would be looking out. Yeah, she's a princess. <laughs> and then like my son, he's been into baseball. And I was like, man, can you imagine putting a whole mural up where it looks like you're in, you know, like the Astrodome or Minute Maid Park or something <laughs> where it just looks like a big, huge baseball stadium for him. Yeah. You know, like I think that those types of creative artwork, I think that's so cool. And I've seen it done before yeah. in homes, which of course it's always the rich and houses you, you walk into. You might as well into, do it. Like, you know, if anything, if you hate it, <laughs> it's like you got to do something really cool and then you can paint over it. That's true. <laughs> but it might be expensive to paint over, but it might, but also that just is a more reason to keep it. So right? <laughs> just never leave your house. So, I mean, obviously with it being a podcast, our listeners can't see your artwork without the fact that, you know, of course they can go to your, your website, Hannah, go beep, beep, dot com. But if they're not on that website right now, mm-hmm. explain your style to us. Oh gosh. There's a lot. A loaded question. <laughs> okay. No, it's not. It's really bold and dramatic. Almost. It's whimsical, but very colorful. It's I create pieces that are big and small. From a lot of it is inspired by landscapes and by stories that I found while I was on the road and animals. I love asking people what their favorite animal is, and I usually have like a list somewhere, and I'll be like, I'm going to make that animal. Have you ever made a liger? No, I have a lion and a tiger and a, a leopard <laughs> and a jaguar. I have like all of them except a liger. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, that's just our little Napoleon Dynamite joke there. We have to show our age. Okay. So that's cool. And, and I mean, obviously, as you've said through the whole podcast, you just kind of do everything. Yeah. So a little really, bit. The, the thing is just contact you and figure out how to make your creative work fit into their life because yeah. there's a way. Yeah, definitely. And there's, and I don't talk about the design work as much just because there's so many of us. And at the same time, it's just like, once you see it, then you're like, oh yeah, she can do that. And the artwork is like, yeah, but it's just fun to talk about art. (laughs) It is. The the artwork is fun. But I'll tell you on, on the graphic design side of things too, it takes just as much creative energy. It does. Because just, I think it was yesterday, you know, we, we had to put a quarter page ad together for publication. And I was like, I'm not feeling this at all. You know, it was kind of that writer's block Mm -hmm. feel because I'm the same way. I do graphic design, but all self-taught through uh, Mm lynda.com. Actually, Uh, I guess it's LinkedIn learning now Mm -hmm. and it's harder to access for me, but I had a free subscription just for being a Texas Houston public library card holder, Mm -hmm. you know, so I just learned all this stuff through them, but it was all that instructor led, but just video courses and learned how to do all this stuff. But it takes so much energy to be creative. Yes. I have to be in the mood for graphic design, which is why I don't think that other than doing our own projects around here, we have designers for that Mm -hmm. because I'm like, I, I don't think you could just come pay me and I can just knock out a logo (laughs) unless I'm feeling it that day and Mm -hmm. knock it out that day. It's just, it's going to go to the back of my mind because you have to be in the mood. You do. I do feel like it's, I kind of think of it like with sushi and it's like the ginger and it kind of just, it's like a nice palate cleanser. Like I really do enjoy it. 
but it is also I've I have learned over the years that I enjoy designing for people who enjoy what they want the design for. I like guess it's, that's a big thing too. And it's like just because I did spend so many years at a place where it was like you know knock it out in forty minutes, we're only charging this much, and come right. up with five things, and it's like which I can totally do, but there's no heart in it. Right. And I, don't, I, I don't like this. Yeah, and it's like like I I, I have been incredibly lucky to find like a group of clients. I do a lot of work for doulas and midwives, especially in St. Louis. And a good, predominantly most of my design clients are all, they're, you know, black women. So I get to design for them and it's, there's so much passion behind one. I mean, it has to do with birth. So it's just right. That's a passionate subject. Yeah. So they have all these ideas and they're like, their logos are like so personal to them that it's such a gift to be able to create it for them because there is a mix between there's the people who can, who think they can design because they open a Microsoft Word right. document and then it's Paint. Just, and the, <laughs> exactly or they found an app on their phone and they're like I made all this and I'm a graphic designer and then I have to like get it and recreate it and clean it up and it's like yeah, yeah. you did all that <laughs> well I just knew like yesterday I knew I wasn't in the mood so I put this all of our brand colors for OMG Event Co but I just put like the cyan background and I was like, all right, here's the info that's on the business card that I know I want to translate here somehow, but I'm not in the mood to do. So I just put all that in there and I was like, done. Share, Andrew, <laughs> fix it. I don't feel like doing it. He's like, I got you, bro. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, come check it out. And I was like, man, I'm sorry. I just wasn't in the mood for it today, you know? And he's like, no, I got you. Come check mm-hmm. it out. And there's just, there's people in the background with the different uh, foreground of color with transparency. And then there are nice. little dots are in there <laughs> and like, it's so dynamic and beautiful and structured and it looks great. And then it was just like, I didn't have the energy for it. Yeah. And sometimes that looks you just awesome, like the, you, know? the, you have, have to have the other view in it. Sometimes it's yeah. the only way to get you back into it. And art's the same way. Sometimes where you're just like, is this good? Like, let me send it to someone and then tell me like, I see <laughs> like a color. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've enjoyed graphic design. I love art. I love drawing. I love painting. I love doing all that stuff, but I suck at it. But if it so, makes you happy, that's all that matters. <laughs> it was, man, it's all I did in school. Yeah. You know, like you said, I'd be sitting in algebra and I'm just sitting there drawing and doodling and it all looked terrible, but I enjoyed doing it, yeah. you know. And, I think uh, more people should just make it. It doesn't matter if it's good or not. Like it, it makes you feel better. Yeah. Like half of it. I tell people when I was like, you know, a painting, it's therapy. Like I learned, I have horrible asthma and it was one of those things that a lot of it is anxiety induced so it was just right. like to make myself calm down I was like just paint and breathe with the brush stroke and it's like I could suck at painting completely and I would still be doing it just so I learned how to breathe correctly <laughs> is painting with a twist still a big thing I think is it so. still around because like I can't just- they call it different things. I think, yeah. yeah like, they used to have one in Tomball. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's it was really cool. I went one time and I'm not going to lie. I thought this is going to be so dumb. Like, why would we go do this? Mm-hmm. And then I showed up and I was like, I got a bottle of Jameson here <laughs> and I got a paintbrush and this is not going to look good. But we laughed so hard. Mm-hmm. Like it was a running joke. People would get up from their seat just to come see what John Kelly is going to look like. Yeah. It was so bad, but it was so much fun. It is. It I'm is. still trying to convince my wife to hang it up in the house somewhere. <laughs> 
<laughs> You'll just have to find a nice corner for it. Be like, just put a plant near it. And you'll be like, look, it's beautified. <laughs> so how do we make it? Not that you are, because I assume you're successful, but how do we make you not a starving artist? How do we support you? And what's the best thing we can do besides the obvious, you know, hop on the website and buy some artwork? What can we do to support I you? I mean, liking and sharing, like, I don't think people understand how much it's like, even if you see something and you know you're not going to buy it, like share the image and say like why you love it and tag me and all of it and because it helps the moment people see those things like they can kind of be like "Ooh, that's why I like this and because it is a conversation like one person will see one thing in the piece and a whole nother person will see another and just sharing and liking and you know even if it's not on Facebook and Instagram if it's literally you taking a picture and sharing it with another person like face to face be like this is this artist and it every bit helps and it's if anything it's like if at least it's good energy, <laughs> it's like somehow it'll get back to me. And I appreciate it either way. So that sounds awesome. Well, I can't thank you enough for being here and talking about everything that you do. Art by Hannah Maria. Please go out there, share her content and be a part of that and help promote her everywhere. Like she said, even if it's just sharing it with her friend, check us out on Instagram, Beefy Marketing, John the Marketer. Follow us on there. Beefymarketing.com forward slash the beef is where you can catch all of our podcast information. Make sure you share that stuff as well. And of course, don't forget about Community Bank of Texas. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Beef Podcast. Hannah, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. I'm glad I made it. You've been listening to the Beef Podcast, sponsored by Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. For more small business stories, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. To share your story, visit us at beefymarketing.com. Till next time, thanks for listening to the Beef Podcast.